Here we go again. Welcome to the Sloppy Book Club podcast. I'm Jenny. And I'm Celise. And this is now episode four. So welcome back. (laughs) Um, First, we wanted to apologize. Um, Our last episode was a little bit off. The audio was off. The audio was off. Yeah, so... Thank you for listening. Yes. And bearing with us. Yes. I think it's still a learning curve for us it that is. we're just still learning. Um, we actually have like four different mics <laughs> we've been trying. Um, trying to know, see what feels right. What I feels guess. right, yeah. We thought we had it um, for this episode, actually. You know, we did some test runs and mm-hmm. the mics that we have just wasn't working. So we reverted back to. Our original mic. Yeah. We're, we adjusted the sound a little bit, so mm-hmm. hopefully that helps. But we're hoping to use the more, like, professional-looking ones. We'll see. We'll get there. But it was I picking guess. up so much sound, <laughs> so... This is not easy, but it's fun, yes, and we'll get yes. there. We're learning. We're definitely um, learning. But so, we did sorry. Want, <laughs> yes, we did want to give a shout-out to EJ Mello, because we did talk about her books last episode, yes. and she shared our link. To our yeah. podcast and everything. So shout out, um, EJ Mello. Thank you, thank so, you much. so much. We Jenny love you. <laughs> we can't wait to meet you. Yes. <laughs> All right. So let's get into this episode. What's yes. our plan for today? So today we're going to be, you know, starting off with the two wines yeah, like yeah. we usually do. And then we are going to talk about some book scenes that live rent free in our in our brains yes um just something that you randomly think about from time to time something that just like stuck with you after reading right um just like a scene that really either resonated with you or Mm -hmm. you just remember because of like the emotions that it brought so um i'm excited about that because we got some really good ones yeah and then after that we are going to be reviewing two books. Um, one is a murder, murder. No, mystery? not murder. Like it's a more mystery. A spe- I think it's a mystery. Yeah, it's a mystery, um, suspense movie. Uh, yeah. Movie book. <laughs> <laughs> I got movies on the brain. Yes, it's a like a suspenseful thriller. I think that's what right. where it falls okay. under. And then our second book is a science fiction. Yes. Adult sci-fi. Yes. So I can't wait for us to talk about those. So let's get started with some wine. Okay. So um, I'll go first. Perfect. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I have Frey again, but there's Chardonnay this time. Mm -hmm. Um, I try, I've been trying, I guess I've been just going down the line of their different wines, and so far, I've really enjoyed them. So, this is their Chardonnay. It smells sweet. The first time I popped it open, I I was just like, hmm, that doesn't really smell that, all that great, but I'm pretty sure, let's let's just taste it, because sometimes Mm -hmm. the taste is better than the smell. Yes, and I did not try this one out for her ahead of time, so. No, you didn't. Yeah, it's sweet. It's doing what it's supposed to. It tastes like wine without having any alcohol in it. Um, oh, yeah. I forgot to say that. This is a non-alcoholic yes, wine. Yes, you're pregnant. <laughs> so, this is a wine-removed yeah. or alcohol-removed wine. Mm-hmm. Again, it's Frey and it's a Chardonnay. It's sweet. It's nice. It's light. I enjoy it. All right. Good. Okay. So, mine, I have a red wine and this is going to be tough for me. <laughs> Because I'm going to butcher it. So this is 
from Le Choice M. Le Choice M. Le Choice M. <laughs> I don't know. Um, vineyard, and it is in New Marlborough, yes. Massachusetts. You New Marlborough, Massachusetts. God. Um, the brand is Stingy. I'm gonna say it's Stingy. Stingy Jack's Cranberry. I so, actually really like the ooh. pink bottle. I yeah, you can't it's, see through. You it, can't right? see through it. It's a really nice bottle. Um, I guess there's like a man on it and he's holding up the wine too. It's actually really Ooh, cute. Oh, that's really good. Is it? <gasps> that's delicious. Is it like sweet? Is it like it's sour, a little bitter? Sweet. It's definitely not bitter. It's a little sweet. Um, it gives you like that, that taste in the back of your mouth, like a cranberry. Okay. Okay. It's like really, a like tarty so kind of. Oh yeah. I, Cause I remind like mm-hmm. uh, cranberries are always yes. feel like tarty. I'm going to finish this whole bottle. Oh, my God. I'm definitely going to finish it. It's really good. Is it? Mm-hmm. Awesome. Well, that's better because I think last week's you were, you didn't really enjoy no, last didn't. week's. The so last two. Oh, no. It was last week because the I one think, before I did, I did mm-hmm. enjoy that one. I think the last um one you did, you didn't. It wasn't your favorite. Yeah. But, hey. It's good. Yeah. And it's red. I like it. Mm-hmm. It has a really pretty color. I like yeah. the bottle. It's like a magenta pinkish bottle. Yeah, I don't know. I like me it. and bottles. I don't Sometimes when you're picking out wine, sometimes, you know, that visual is right. really good. And I really like that bottle. Yeah. All right. Now, okay. those were the wines. Jenny really likes hers. You guys should have just saw her face. Like, her eyes kind of lit up. <laughs> yeah. So, um, stingy. stingy. Try yeah. it. Um, and then, again, mine was the Chardonnay. Now, let's jump into those scenes that live rent-free in yes. our minds. All right. I'm excited to hear what yours is. Okay. So, I'll go first then. Um, so, I chose um, a scene from the Red Queen series. And I Love. know you've read the mm-hmm. books, too. It's one of my favorite YA books or series. Um, and I chose uh, the part... I don't want to spoil too much. Right. Um, so, the main character, Mare... This is a part where she figures out that she trusted the wrong brother. Because she's been in like kind of like a love triangle kind yes. of thing. It yes. doesn't get too far into it. Mm-hmm. This is the very first book. Mm-hmm. So she um, goes back and forth between figuring out who to trust. Right. And when you're reading it, you're kind of in the same boat as her because mm-hmm. you're not really sure who to trust. Um, and she, of course, chooses the wrong brother at some point, mm-hmm. and there's a part where there's this war happening, and it totally flips around, super jaw-dropping. Mm-hmm. I slammed my book shut, my <laughs> husband looked over at me and asked me what the hell was wrong. Um, so yeah, that was a scene that definitely I think about all the time. Is when you find out that she chose the wrong person. Yes. That she entrusted. Yes. Yep, I remember that, and I was kind of heartbroken mm-hmm. because you, I guess in the beginning, you kind of feel sorry for this yes, character. You You're made to sorry. believe, like, maybe... You pity him. You pity him, you do. So, when he kind of flips on her, and mm-hmm. it's like that, like, haha, I got you. Yes, definitely. Yes, yes. I definitely remember yeah. that. And that scene leads into one of my favorite quotes from mm-hmm. the entire series, which that um, the now villainous 
brother Mm -hmm. says the truth is what I make it I could set this world on fire and call it rain and I absolutely love that that's a great so much yes that's a great great book I hate him but I love the quote (laughs) no that was really really great and you know it's actually being made into a series yes so we're super excited about that um something that I know we both talked about was just um how the book the wardrobe, like the visuals yes. of the wardrobe, mm-hmm. you know, was something that we've always, you know, talked about. Like, oh my God, how are they going to put this yeah. to on screen? Because a lot of it is like intricate, you know, kinds of design. Yeah. So I'm super excited. It's almost like a Hunger Games. Mm-hmm. Because in Hunger Games, you know, they're, they're dressed, you know, when they go... On the show. Right. They need to make an appearance they need or to make, whatever. Yes. So, like, all of the characters in the books who actually have powers and are noble, mm-hmm. are from noble lines, mm-hmm. actually have really nice wardrobes. Yes. Especially Evangeline. Yes. I can't who wait. Is, like, top tier. Mm-hmm. I think that one's going to be the nicest. And yeah. I can't wait for the show. you know, she's all metal. She controls yeah. metal. So, that's going to be really cool to yeah. see. That's a really great scene. So that was Red Queen. Red Queen series by Victoria Aviard. Awesome. Yeah. So I'm gonna take us back to Sarah J. Mass. I feel like <laughs> we talked about her in every episode. But I mean there there's just some scenes from her books that are just amazing. And one of them for me is from her first series, the Throne of Glass series. And it's actually book seven um, Kingdom of Ash. It's the last few pages of chapter 90. It starts at page 747. And it's the part where the witch mirrors are being brought in. And, um, you know, the, the characters are feeling like they're going to lose the war or this battle, rather. Because um, they're trying to hold the line um, until the queen gets there with her added army. Mm-hmm. But, you know, their numbers are dwindling. There's no, like, um, what do I want to say? Um, they, almost like they're giving up, almost, because they're, they're like, oh, my God, look at this army coming yeah. to they us. They feel defeated. They feel point. defeated, yes, at this point. And so, uh, it makes me so emotional. It is so emotional. <laughs> it's a very emotional scene because... Uh, Manan and her 13 have been holding the line, but they're, they're losing. And so what they do is the 13 kind of look at each other and they're deciding something behind Manan's back, but she's not registering that. You kind of get a glimpse of like, what are they up to? Cause they all kind of look at each other and Manan is, you know, and, you know, she's their leader. Mm-hmm. So what Asterin does is she, she she knocks her down so she isn't able to fight them. Oh, my tears. Because what they're going to do is they're going to do the uh, yielding, which is basically when you give up your last bit of power and like almost like a suicide trigger, sorry, um, kind of thing where, you know, the last bit of your power um is the strongest but you eventually die because of it yeah and they're gonna do this because the witches have these mirrors that have been amplifying power 
and they know if these mirrors get close to the castle, they're done. Like, there's no way they're going to be able to survive. So what they're going to do is they're going to stop the mirrors. They're going to try and blow it up. They're going to try and get back at the um, witch uh, matron who's been evil to the 13, especially Astrin. Um, And this is my favorite scene because of the emotions of them telling Manon to live and to bring their people back home. And... It's, it's just such a great scene. It is. Um, and mind you, like, these witches are super badass. Yes. Like, the entire series, mm-hmm. they're, they're, like, bad, but you feel how much they love each other. Yes. And how much they love Manon, their mm-hmm. sort of leader. Leader, yes. Um, they don't really talk about it, but you feel it. Yes. They yes. never say it. Yes. You feel it. Because anytime Manon and her grandmother had any disputes, they mention how, like... The 13 would, like, kind of, like, grip their daggers yeah, or, like, yeah. try to step forward. Because they're, like, you're not going to talk to our leader like that. Right. But because of it being the matron and her being, like, almost, like, queen to their coven, mm-hmm. they couldn't really step on her toes. Exactly. But their real, you know, their loyalty was always to Manon. And I think that's what really kills me was just... That loyalty and them mm-hmm. not being able to be able to live in a world where she wasn't there. Right. So they were going to do whatever it took for her to live. And I, uh And then Asterin, when she took off her shirt and her brand. Because, um, so Manon's grandmother, the matron of the coven, she branded Asterin. Yes. So before, you know, Astrid, you know, her last kind of like F you to her was like, even though you branded me, I'm going to, I'm going to go out with everyone seeing my brand. Yes. My branding. And I don't know that yielding and them, that love of like their leader. And it was just, it was just amazing. And what broke my heart was like Manon couldn't do anything. She could just only watch them surrender and like do the yielding to protect her and eventually hopefully bring the the witches back together and bring right. them back to their homeland. Which it's is such a powerful yeah. powerful so, scene. Oh my every so, time. <laughs> <laughs> so again it was um Kingdom of Ash, the last few pages of chapter ninety. Um once you read it, I think you're just gonna be like yeah, that's it, pretty powerful. When somebody can really make you feel that way without mm-hmm. actually reading the words, yes. any dialogue that mm-hmm. comes along with that, it's actually pretty awesome. Yeah. And I, I was, I'm always telling Jenny, I'm like, how is this not a show I know, that should have been first. <sighs> you know, For we sure. love A Court of Thorn and Roses. We love the series. But I feel like Thorn, uh, A Court of, uh, A Court of Thorns and <laughs> Throne of Glass just has so much character depth and stories and Agreed. like Agreed with that. Yeah. So many things that so many characters you can fall in love with in love with. Not to say like her other series aren't like that, but I feel like there was so much character development mm-hmm. within each book, within yeah. each character that is just like to see it on screen would just be amazing. Yeah. If they started with that series, Throne of Gla- Glass, before Akatar. Like, yes. I'm, I'm excited to see Akatar as yeah, so a show. 
Um, but I don't know. Like I said, there's just like so much depth that I think it would be amazing to see on screen. Agreed. Yeah. I think we all would love mm-hmm. to see that. But maybe they would have ruined it. Who knows? Maybe. So we'll leave it at that. Yeah, definitely. Yes. <laughs> all right. So I think it's time to get into our highlights. Yes. Of the episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, so we're going to get into my pick, I think. So we're going to go into the Zaveri Mates. It's a sci-fi alien romance mm-hmm. by Elizabeth Stevens. So there are nine books in this series. Oh, I love a good nine. series book. Unfortunately, I have not read them all. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> um, like almost like when you get a good Netflix show that has like a ton of yeah, episodes. And you're just I like, know. yes. If only I could get to them all. Yeah. There's so many books that mm-hmm. we need to get to. Yeah. Um, so I've read the first two and am kind of like a third of the way into the third book. Oh, nice. Um, so the first two are Taken to Varaxia and Taken to Nobu. They are adult books. Yes. For sure. Um, they can all be read as standalones because they all have their own main characters, okay. own planets. Mm-hmm. So every so single even, book. So even though it's a series, you can mm-hmm. still just pick up anywhere within. Exactly. Because okay. like the first book, obviously, you know, it's the first one, so you're meeting everyone new. But the right. second book, you get little bits of some of the characters from the first book. Okay, okay. Yeah. But the third book right now, so far, I know... It hasn't mentioned anything of the first two characters or okay. the first two books. So they can definitely all be read as standalones. Nice. Um, and like I said, it's a sci-fi alien romance. So there are... Let's talk about Taken to Varaxia first. Okay. Um, so this first book, it kind of throws you into what kind of planets and whether there's aliens, half aliens, humans, and whatnot. So there's this human planet... That it starts off in where this alien that they call Baraku would go to. He has this treaty with the leader of the human planets where he can go there and sort of breed with the human okay. women mm-hmm. of the planet. But it's not something that these humans consent to. Okay. So basically it's rape because mm-hmm. they chase these humans and they have sex with them. You don't get details on that. You mm-hmm. just know that it's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, so one day this king of like all the alien planets who um, they call Raku, but his name is Zoran. He goes to this human planet and when he gets there, he's just like wants to see what's going on. Like why... Mm-hmm. Are we sending all these resources to this one human planet that we don't really know about? Okay. Um, so eventually he starts to realize that Boraku is kind of taking advantage, advantage. Okay. of their hunting rituals. So um, so is it Boraku? Boraku is, is sort of the villain. The villain. Mm-hmm. So is he like a leader of his own little planet? No. And then okay. So there are so his second in command who I'll talk about, his, he's called Varaku. Okay. So you get to... There's okay. a whole glossary yes, yes. in these books that nice. you need to learn. Okay. But it's so... It's it's actually pretty awesome. And once you read a couple chapters, you totally get all the different words and names okay. and all that. Awesome. So Varaku is his second in command. Okay. And he's actually the leader in the second book. Oh, okay, okay, but okay. Varaku mm-hmm. is a total asshat. He goes there and <laughs> rapes these women. He has like this favorite Kiki, who is mm-hmm. the main character's friend, mm-hmm. um, who he has 
mm-hmm. raped mm-hmm. quite a few times. And like I said, they don't really Mention. go into detail, mm-hmm. but you know that this is happening. So when um, Zoran goes to this planet, he he walks around and all these human women and men, they're all kind of standing around waiting, expecting this hunt to happen. Mm-hmm. And then he realizes that he there's some kind of like mating thing called a zana zana mm-hmm. and when that happens it's when you're near your mate okay. you get like this overwhelming desire okay to be with your with mate your except mm-hmm. he doesn't have a mate so he's like whoa what is happening mm-hmm. and i'm feeling feeling yes <laughs> the main character miari is mm-hmm. sort of feeling the same thing like right at the same time so mm-hmm. she's basically having an orgasm like off to the side <laughs> on her own but she has no idea what's happening she's mm-hmm. just like, she's what? like why is my why? body doing this I, what <laughs> So he finds her and her friends Vera. So there's two friends of the main characters, Vera and Kiki. Her friends Vera is like, no, you can't take her. She's underage, pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. She won't be of age yet. So fast forward to when she becomes of age. Mm-hmm. He leaves. Mm-hmm. He comes back. Vera and Kiki tried to take Miari away. Mm-hmm. So Vera is trying to protect him and or protect her and trying to because keep, they haven't had good experiences with the they, aliens. All they think is okay. that they're there to have sex with mm-hmm. them and leave. Mm-hmm. Um, so Miari is actually a product of an actual breeding that happened with okay. an alien and human. Mm-hmm. So she's half alien, half human, living in this human world where okay. people kind of look at her different because right. she is half alien. Mm-hmm. So. They escape, um, Kiki and Miari. They get attacked by some creatures. Um, Zoran finds her because, you know, it's his mate, so mm-hmm. eventually he's going to find her. And he, along with Varaku, take Kiki and Miari to Varaxia. Um, and that's his planet. That is Zoran's planet. Zoran. Yeah, the king. Okay, okay. Um, so... This is the last we hear and see of Kiki. She gets into, like, this healing tank because she was attacked first. Um, So they're kind of trying to heal her. Mm -hmm. And she's Varaku's mate. Okay. So he's kind of... I know, it's it's Mm -hmm. a lot at first, Mm -hmm. but you get it pretty quickly. Mm -hmm. So we don't hear about them anymore. Zoran and Miari... This whole book is about them. They're kind of trying to learn each other, the culture of differences... All he wants to do is love her. He doesn't mm-hmm. understand why she's, like, hating on him mm-hmm. and why she won't have sex with him, things mm-hmm. like that. So, like, the first scene that they're together, he throws her in the shower because she's gross. She's just been attacked. And <laughs> He's <laughs> he, like, let me clean you up Let me clean you up because you're gross. <laughs> um, he, like, goes for her tail, and I don't even remember why, but he, like, grabbed it, and she is, like, overwhelmed with desire, mm-hmm. and they start doing hand stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but That's an alien thing because I've read previous alien books, and if you grab their tail, <laughs> I don't know what it is. It's weird but hot. <laughs> Um, so basically the whole book is like that. She's like trying to get to know him, but she hates him and he's really trying to appease her. So they start to make bargains with each other. Um, okay, if you do this for my friends, I'll do this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the whole book is like that. And in the end, there's sort of like this big fight between Boraku, 
who tries to take her away from Zoran. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so it's, it's a really good book. It's super fun. Mm-hmm. Um, if you like sci-fi, you'll definitely love this book. There's so many spicy scenes mm-hmm. that are so lovely. But just so people understand, it's really a cultural thing. Yes. Because big time. Big time. they don't understand, the aliens don't understand what they're doing is wrong. Exactly. Um, except for the bad except, apples. Ex- except for the bad apples mm-hmm. who knew that they were using yes. this human planet. Mm-hmm. But there's a ton of other aliens that didn't know that this was going on. No, and they're basically a dying off breed, these mm-hmm. aliens, because there's only so many female aliens uh, to breed with. Right. And if they're not your mate, then it's not going to happen. Right. So now that they have this whole alien planet... They have more opportunities. So can they only breed with their mates? No. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So mm-hmm. you would have As to... far as I know. Uh, okay. Like, so far okay. from these first couple books, mm-hmm. that's kind of what it looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they just don't understand why these human females are so terrified of them. And because of all these, these other breeding. bad... Yeah, because they like had this like breeding ritual where they like harness them up. Mm-hmm. In, like, this contraction, and that's how they have sex and make babies. Mm-hmm. But they think it's fine. The humans are like, what the what, fuck is what this? What is that? Um, mm-hmm. No. So they don't really understand. So Miari and Zoran um, make it a point to try to bring the humans and the aliens together okay. and try to make them realize, okay, so this is not how humans want to have sex. Right. This is what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much... You need to court much. them. Exactly. There needs to be yeah. romance. Yeah. You can't... It's not like a... Mm-hmm primal kind of thing where you, exactly. you're like the lion jumping on nope. the lioness like this is nope. not how that works and exactly what you said is mm-hmm. pretty much what the second book is okay so taken to nobu follows kiki the one who's been in the healing tank mm-hmm. this whole first book she wakes up in this mountain in the middle of a hunting ritual oh, this poor girl has been raped multiple times mm-hmm. and attacked by baraku and her mate, Varaku, with a V, mm-hmm. he thinks he's honoring her by, like, putting her in this hunting ritual that the alien females normally would love to mm-hmm. be a part of. But he doesn't understand that. Right. So, again, it's like one of those, he needs to learn to figure out how to court her. Mm-hmm. And he reads this manual that Zvera from the first book creates, like, this is what you need to do to court a human female mm-hmm. if you think this that she's your mate. mate. Okay. So this whole second book is pretty much that. Mm-hmm. He puts her in a house on her own so she can kind of live there and get used to it. Mm-hmm. He takes her on a date mm-hmm. and he helps train her because she's a fighter. Okay. So he helps train her and fast forward to the end... She actually gets a chance to get into a fighting ring with Boraku, mm-hmm. the one who raped her from mm-hmm. the first book. So I'll leave it at that. Okay. Because, yeah, the, there's a whole lot more that comes to that. I know I spoiled a lot of it, mm-hmm. but it's such a fun read. You're not even going to care if you mm-hmm. just start reading it. It's really super fun. I like adult sci-fi. Do you know oh, me and my blue? So good. Me and my blue aliens from you know oh, the, the Ice Planet, Planet Barbarian. That's like thirty books or something. Yeah, so you know, it's ridiculous. I, I love it. <laughs> it's my thing. Oh my god. Um, obviously, you know, there's some triggers because yeah. of just how the alien, the bad aliens were treating. Mm-hmm. Um. 
the humans. So don't let it sour the idea of reading these books. You know, give it a chance because um, it's like a cultural thing. It's a primal thing. They don't understand what they're doing is wrong kind of thing. Um, You just have to, like, read the trigger warnings. Yeah. That's Mm -hmm. it. If it's something that you can't get past, obviously. Don't read it. Don't Mm -hmm. read it. Mm -hmm. Um, But just give it a chance if it's something that you think you could look past. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, what would you rate it? Oh, I love these books. So mm-hmm. the first one, I would probably give it a four. Mm-hmm. It's super entertaining. It was never slow. It was a, such a fast-paced sci-fi. Mm-hmm. The second one, I would give it a five because that one's my favorite. Is it? Okay. It is. I love Kiki. I love the fighter. In her? In her, mm-hmm. yes. I do love that one. A nice fighting, feisty woman. Yes. I'm pretty sure the banter was pretty good. It really was. <laughs> I love I love everything about it. And, um, um, oh, and yes, Elizabeth Stevens. That's okay. the author of um, The Zaveri Mates. She has other, like, dystopian type feels, which I'll be getting into pretty soon. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. But, yeah, Elizabeth Stevens. Awesome. Yay. Yeah. So this is totally different from like what we usually talk about because this is like a sci-fi kind mm-hmm. of book. And, you know, we want to dip our toes into different genres right. and um, give you guys, you know, different ideas as to books to read. So that was um, an adult sci-fi that could be a standalone or a series. I'm going to jump into mine, which is The Good Girl yes. um, by Mary Kubica. Kubica. I think that's how you say it. Please. I hope so. I hope <laughs> sorry, so. I'm not. so sorry. Like, my pronunciation is just not the greatest <laughs> um, when it comes to names and things like that. And I don't do it on purpose. So I'm, I'm terribly sorry. So, again, it's The Good Girl. And like I said earlier, earlier it's a suspenseful thriller. Mm-hmm. It has multiple point of views. There's Mia Dennett. There's Mia's mom, Eve. There's Detective Gabe Gabe Hoffman, and then there's Colin Thatcher. So what we know is that Mia's an inner city art teacher from a wealthy family. Um, Her father is a well-known Chicago judge. And we start off with Mia um, saying that she's going to go to a bar to meet her, you know, on-again, off-again boyfriend. But he never shows up. And while she's in the bar, she meets Colin. And um, they kind of hit it off. Her on-again, off-again boyfriend isn't there. Mm -hmm. Um, And so she's kind of feeling Colin. So she's like enjoying his company. Had a couple drinks. She ends up going home with him. Yes. What she doesn't know is that Colin actually was sent there to get Mia because he agreed to kidnapping her for some money. Because Colin, he's um he's not like a big criminal, but this is the biggest kind of crime he's ever going to commit. But the yeah. money's really good. Yeah, they and threw money in his face, pretty much. They threw money in his face. And the only reason why he's doing it is because his mom is sick. Mm-hmm. Um, she can't really take care of herself. So he's hoping with this money he can do something to help her. Maybe put her in a home or get her some help. So he agrees to kidnapping her. What he didn't 
think he was going to do was bring her home and they, you know, have this attraction, Mm -hmm. but then he stops it and he's just like, no. And then he tells her, you know, I'm going to take you away because the people he hired, who hired him, he's like, they're going to kill you and me if I don't bring you to this gang or whatever that hired him. So he thinks he's doing her a favor by kidnapping her and bringing her to this uh, cabin in like Montana or something or somewhere. Um, And so they end up in this cabin. They end up together um, there. They have no entertainment but themselves. Like they're living off the grid. Yes, secluded. Secluded in the wintertime. So it's cold. The cabin that he decides to go to um doesn't have any working like power so they don't have any warm water any heat they get is from you know the fireplace and each other and each other (laughs) um we'll get to that because and each other yeah because it's a hot mess because really there there's a lot of emotional entanglements i would say there is so it's mia and, and colin so now they're in the cabin She's been kidnapped. Now it goes to Mia's mother's point of view. Um, Mia's mom was a stay-at-home mom, you know, had a wealthy husband, didn't really need to work, just was there to raise the children, almost like a trophy wife. Yeah. Um, Did whatever her husband kind of said. And so she's, like any mom, you know, if your kid goes missing, you're going to go a little crazy. Like, where's my daughter? Mm -hmm. What's happening? So her and Detective Hoffman become very close. He's the one who's on the case. He's the one who's trying to help, you know, put the pieces together to find out what happened to Mia. And in this process, they kind of form an attachment. Um, And doesn't her dad, like... He's super, like, relaxed about it. He's like, oh, whatever. She'll show up. Like, he's not really, Yes, like, he's not concerned yeah. at all, which kind of, like, triggered some red flags mm-hmm. because I'm just like, your daughter is missing. You're a judge and you're not really concerned about that. Right. Um, and then she also has a sister. Her sister's a lawyer. Her sister wasn't really that concerned about right, it. I remember that. Because I feel like they always felt like Mia was like the black sheep. She didn't really... Meet um, up to the standards. The standards of her dad. Like, yeah. look at her sister. She's a lawyer. And look at you. You're an art teacher. Right. You know? Um, so they didn't really have a lot of love. So it was kind of weird that the dad wasn't really concerned about like the whereabouts of his daughter so that was like hmm what's going on here because obviously someone you know set Mia up to get kidnapped and we don't know who that was the entire time the entire time yeah like the entire time yeah I really was just like okay he's the only one who seems suspicious enough to like pull it off him being a judge as well, I'm pretty sure he has some connections. So now um, Detective um, Hoffman and Eve, they're they're forming this like relationship. So him being so committed 
to the investigation, you're kind of wondering, is it to appease Eve and find the daughter? Or is he really doing the de detective work he's supposed to be doing? Yeah. So that's kind of like a question in your mind as well. Um, now we fast forward where they find Mia. And she is going by a different name. She's like, I'm not Mia. You keep calling me this other... Oh, you're calling me Mia, but I'm really... Chloe, I Chloe, think. Chloe, I... Yeah. I think, I think it was it, it was Chloe. And they're like, no, your name is not Chloe. You're Mia. Mm -hmm. So she um, goes to, like, a psychiatrist or something for therapy because they're trying to get her to, like put pieces together in her mind because she's been so distraught and mm -hmm. something emotional. She has some form of emotional damage and it's right. really messing with her mind where she's not remembering who she is. Um, so whatever trauma she experienced while she was in the cabin with Colin is triggering these like really emotional outbursts for her. So they're thinking with therapy and I think they even try... Um, hypnosis they on do, her yes. um, to try and get her to remember what happened in the cabin and to try and bring her back to being Mia. So in this process, they think it's a good idea for her to go back to the cabin. And this is where we find out that while in the cabin, you know, we already knew that Mia and Colin got close. Mm -hmm. But we didn't really know how close. How close, yes. And we find out that she actually is pregnant by him. And she loved him. And when the cops surrounded the cabin, when they found out where they were, Colin kind of gets um, killed in the crossfire. Mm -hmm. They think he has a gun. They shoot him, and that's what triggered Mia's trauma, basically. Yes. So Mia is, like, back at the uh, cabin, and she's replaying the day he died and remembering who she is and everything that happened. And she's looking at Detective Hoffman, and she's like, you killed him, you killed him. Now, it wasn't really him. It was just the cops that were there mm -hmm. um, that had killed him. Because, obviously, they thought she was kidnapped. Right. Um, so, Colin dies. And Mia starts to remember. Her parents want her to have an abortion. She's saying she isn't. So, it was just like a emotional roller coaster. It was so many different, like, weird relationships. And it ends with Mia remembering who she is and she's pregnant. Now, what set this book off for me to be something that was like, what the fuck, yeah. oh shit, mm -hmm. was the ending. And in the end, we find out who kind of set Mia up or set up this kidnapping kind yes. of agenda kind of thing. And it was Mia. It sure was. <laughs> she set up basically her own kidnapping. Yeah. And what we find out is that she found out her dad wasn't a great judge. He was blackmailing people mm -hmm. and 
wasn't a, a stand-up judge. And this really bothered Mia, so she was going to blackmail him. Yes. So this whole thing was... She was going to pretend that she was kidnapped, but really she was at in this apartment and it was only supposed to last like two weeks and it all went it to went shit. It went too far. It Colin went, took it too far. Colin? He didn't know. Colin <laughs> thought he was doing something by saving her yes. from these people who wanted him to kidnap her. Right. But it so, was her. But it was really, she told them to yeah. hire someone. Yeah. But they didn't really tell the whole story. Right. So I'm kind of, now that I'm thinking this through, mm-hmm. were they really going to help her or just take the money? I think I think they were really going to take the money because why would why wouldn't she just come right out and say right. it? Right. Like, no, this I planned. I planned this. this. Or even those people knew that she was like, hey. Right, right. I want yeah. you to... I think, per, I think to they per, were trying to take the money. I think it was too many... She trusted too many people. Too many variables. She didn't trust the right people, basically. Yeah. Because the people that she hired to kidnap her didn't kidnap her. They hired someone else right. who didn't know that this was all a ruse. Right. So, in actuality, this was all a hot mess to begin with. It was her fault. It was def- <laughs> it was definitely her fault. her fault the whole time. I feel so bad for Colin because he didn't need to die. He yeah. was actually thinking he was protecting her. Like, first it was a job. First yeah. it was like, okay, I'm going to get money for this. But then it was like, I, I'm i not... He knew that he wasn't that person. Right, because he had never done something like this right. before. So. But yeah, we find out it was her yeah. trying to blackmail her dad. But that's what made the whole book so good. Like yeah. that brought it up a notch. I, I think for so. Us. I think so. Yeah. I absolutely believe so. Because yeah. at first I was just like, oh, okay, yeah, suspenseful. Yeah, it was a thriller. Yeah, we're trying to piece together what's mm-hmm. happening. Yeah. Um, the whole falling in love with your kidnapper isn't something I. I in, yeah, I don't really enjoy that. You know. I love that. <laughs> well that's why Beauty and the Beast yeah. is my favorite Disney movie <laughs> oh my it's not God. my thing um, but this what tied it for me and made it like a wow like I did not expect that was the ending yeah I the agree the ending really brought it all together for me mm-hmm. it made me look at the story in a different light because I'm just like you Stupid biatch. <laughs> Why would you do that? You're an idiot. Yeah. Why would you, like, what in your mind thought it was okay to fake a kidnapping to blackmail your dad? Right. Like, she could have literally made some kind of ransom note, mm-hmm. sent it on her own, and, like, hit or out somewhere. Or told and- Colin. Yeah. Like, that too. A poor guy. Like, she that never came clean yeah. about the situation. So now it's like, were you always a little crazy? Mm-hmm. Was yeah. she a little crazy? I know. Yeah. I mean, growing up with the dad that she grew up with, I'm not saying that it's understandable, but mm-hmm. she grew up with somebody who, like, she didn't love, didn't really love her, mm-hmm. you know, put her sister above her. So maybe that attention Colin was yeah. giving her, she didn't want it to end. Yeah. So she was probably like, even though he's kidnapping me, I'm getting... I'm his number one right now. Pretty hmm. much. Right? Interesting. I didn't even think of it that way. 
But yeah, I'm just like the girl. Yeah, I know. It was good. It was a good book. It was a good book. What would you rate it? Oh, uh, I know it's kind of hard, but I mean, it's a good book. It's a it good, had a good flow. It had a great flow. It had ending. a great ending. Um, three and a half wine glasses for me. I think. I think good. it's maybe leaning a little bit towards four, mm-hmm. um, because of its great ending. But I think. You know, for it being a, a suspenseful thriller, something I've never you read before, don't read, I don't right, read. Right. I think a three and a half is like a good realm for me. Because, you yeah. know, I love my um, enemies to lovers mm-hmm. or my fake dating. That's what's really hard about this whole rating thing Yeah, that I'm not a huge fan of. Because mm-hmm. if you don't typically read that genre, mm-hmm. you're going to rate it lower no matter what. Yeah. So I bet if... We typically like, like mysteries this, like yeah, that. Someone probably like, what are you talking about? Yeah. This was like the greatest book ever. Which it really was. It was an book. amazing. It's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. So I don't want anyone to disregard, you know. Because we gave it like a three, a three, three and, and, and a half or yeah, whatever. Yeah, because this is, it was a great book. It, I read it really fast. Yeah. Um, we actually read it as a group with yeah. our friends, and we, and we all, all thought, liked it. We really enjoyed it. Um, I think it's one of those books where you know the kind of people that you can recommend it yes, to, yes. and others that you won't recommend right, it to. Right, right. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. But so. it's something I definitely think everyone should read. It was a really yeah, good, was good book. You're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. And um, so that's, that's my rating. Obviously, someone who loves suspenseful thrillers is going to really, really love it. Definitely. We'll but, rate it ha- so much higher than that. Yeah, but I'm I'm like a smutty, like, yeah. crazy... Listen to our words rather than our actual rating system. <laughs> yes, How yes. about that? I think that's probably the way to go. <laughs> like, I'm, I love, like, those kinds of things. Because so. if you have wings, we're going to rate you a five. Yes, right? <laughs> If you're a so, fairy, like... You're going to get a five. You're going to get a five. We love yes. you. I'm sorry. Yeah. But real humans, like, come on. I mean, come I don't want to read about you. No, I'm just kidding. I would. It really was it a was good book. It was good book. Yes. We really enjoyed it. Um, we hope you really enjoyed this um, episode. Um, just leave some comments yeah. um, when you see us post this because we want to know what are some of those you know, scenes that live rent-free in your mind when it comes to books. What is your stance on suspenseful thrillers? Is it your mm-hmm. thing? Um, if it is, give us some recommendations. Yes, please. We'll Make us them. fall in love with it. Please, you know, because we, yes. we want to, we want to, um, you know. Diversify yes. our podcast. Yes, for definitely. Sure. We so, don't want to stick to one genre. We want to yes. branch out. We definitely do. You know, it's our comfort. It's our yeah. go-to. It's no, what we know we're going to enjoy. But we want to, you know, step out of that. So if there's other suspenseful thrillers or mysteries mm-hmm. or more sci-fi books that you've um, fallen in love with, please comment them. Let us know. Because, like we said, we want to, you know, build our our reading book collection. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> they're getting a little crazy. But, you know... Who doesn't want to add to their TBR? Exactly. At the end of the day. Right. Well, thank you for listening. We hope you enjoy it. We're hoping the sound sounds a little bit better. 
Um, bear with us. It's something we're still trying to perfect. It is not easy. Nope. So, um, if we sound a little wonky, sorry. We'll get there. We'll, we'll definitely get there. We'll get there, yes. And we hope you enjoy, you know, listening. And we mm-hmm. can't wait for you to listen to next week's episode. Oh, yes. I think we may do a whole vampire episode. We'll mm-hmm. pick a couple books to talk about related to vampires. How about and that? I can't wait. Oh, God. <laughs> I won't talk Twilight. It's I'll, not going to be Twilight. Twilight. No. no, it's not. But um, We'll figure it out. We're definitely going to do something vampire, vampire inspired. So gear up to listen to that. Yes. Alrighty. See you soon. Bye. Bye.